There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. You are listening to the Daily Doctrine Devotional. This is a daily podcast designed to teach and preach Bible doctrine each weekday throughout the year. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh asking you to please let others know about this podcast so that they can subscribe or tune in each weekday. At the end of the podcast, we will provide you with subscription information as well as contact information for our ministry. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed. Song of the redeemed. Again, Brother McVeigh, it's uh, very good to be on your podcast again. Uh, we're picking up where we left off. Uh, looking at uh, Jesus Christ, uh, looking at his consecration, uh, where it says in Hebrews 7, verse 28, uh, where he's consecrated forevermore. And then we pose the question, when? When was he consecrated forevermore? Is it recorded anywhere in the Word of God? Uh, we looked at uh, Hebrews 5, verses 1 through 9, where it says that he was made perfect. But when was that? Is it recorded? Hebrews 2, is the next place we're going to be is Hebrews chapter 2. And verse 9, it says this, But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. For it became him who are all things, for whom are all things, and by whom are all things, in bringing many sons into glory, to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. Verse 9 there says he's crowned with glory. But when was that? When, when was he crowned with glory? I, I know the glory he had when he was with his father. But at what point was he crowned with glory? Is it recorded? Uh, I, I believe it is. I believe we're going to see that here just briefly in a moment. Uh, back in Hebrews chapter 9, though, we're going to continue our, our study of this thing. Uh, Hebrews 9, 7 says this, But into the second, when the high priest alone, once every year, not without blood, which he offered for himself and for the heirs of the people. Verse 21 in Hebrews chapter 9, all the way through verse 28, reads this wise, Moreover, he sprinkled with blood both the tabernacle and all the vessels of the ministry. And almost all things are by the law purged with blood. And without shedding of blood is no remission. It was therefore necessary that the patterns of things in the heavens should be purified with these, but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. For Christ has not entered into the holy places made with hands, which are the figures of the true, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. Nor yet that he should offer himself often as the high priest entered into the holy place every year with blood of others. For then must he have often suffered since the foundation of the world. But now once in the end of the world hath he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment, so Christ was offered to bear the sins of many, and unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. And we see Jesus Christ is consecrated forevermore. He's made perfect, crowned with glory. He entered once into that holy place. He he offered himself uh, and for the sins of the people. But Jesus Christ was consecrated. He was, he was our high priest. We, we've seen this 
evidenced in the scriptures, proven to us in the scriptures. He is that high priest. And we're going to turn to Leviticus chapter 21 now. In Leviticus chapter 21, we're going to look at verse 10. It says, And he that is the high priest among his brethren, upon whose head the anointing oil was poured, and that is consecrated to not put on the garment, shall not uncover his head, nor rend his clothes. So the high priest, he had to be consecrated for the work. He could not enter into the holy place. He could not enter into the most holy place without first being consecrated. And, and there was sins that had to be atoned for his own self. There were sins that had to be then atoned for his family and, and for the people. And so he entered in to do these things. Uh, over in Leviticus chapter 16 now, Leviticus chapter 16 and this is the consecrating of, of the sons of Aaron, the, the consecrating of these priests. And we're going to see some similarities of what we've already looked at, uh, some, some continuation of, of these uh, mentionings of the things that we've seen. Chapter 16 of Leviticus, verse 1, it says, And the Lord spake unto Moses after the death of the two sons of Aaron, when they offered before the Lord and died. The Lord said unto Moses, Speak unto Aaron thy brother, that he come not at all times into the holy place within the veil. That holy place within the veil is that most holy place, wherein is the Ark of the Covenant, the testimony, and, and the mercy seat. But it says uh, that he come not at all times into the holy place within the veil, before the mercy seat, which is upon the Ark, that he die not, for I will appear in the cloud upon the mercy seat. And thus shall Aaron come into the holy place with a young bullock for a sin offering, and a ram for a burnt offering, and shall put on the holy linen coat, he shall have the linen breeches upon his flesh, and shall be girded with a linen girdle, and with a linen miter shall he be attired. These are the holy garments, Before, therefore shall he wash his flesh in water, and so put them on. He shall take the congregation of the children of Israel, two kids of the goats, for a sin offering, and one ram for a burnt offering. And Aaron shall offer his bullock of the sin offering, which is for himself, and make an atonement for himself, and for his house. So this is a, this is a principle that we see that the, the priest, before, before Aaron could perform that high priestly duty for the nation of Israel, he first made, had to make an atonement for himself and for the sins of the people. And we say, well, how, how on earth is that possible with Jesus Christ? Well, he was made sin for us. He bore my iniquity because he became my iniquity. He, he bore my sin because he bore my iniquities. Everything that is me, Jesus Christ became. And, and in that, his soul was made that offering for sin in hell. And so that sin and that iniquity is on him. And I don't believe there's any bit of the fires of hell that would purge iniquity. There's not a bit of that. If that were the case, there would come a point where the souls in hell would eventually be purged. And then they would be able to come up out. But that is not the case. That is not what the Word of God says. And so there is no purging quality in that fire of hell. But there is judgment in it. And so Jesus Christ, at some point, has to be consecrated. If his soul is made that, that offering for sin in hell, I believe by this, uh, the testimony of the Scriptures, we see that. And then there has to be a purging from the time when his soul is in hell to the time where he enters into the holy place. There has to be a consecrating of Jesus Christ to be our high priest. Leviticus chapter 8 goes into further detail in that. If you want to study that out and, and look through there, you're absolutely welcome to. But we're not going to turn there today. But in Exodus chapter 28, we see that uh, the, the, uh, the garments that the high priest would wear. Um, Exodus chapter 28, verse 36 starts out and it says, Now shalt make a plate of pure gold, 
and grave upon it like the engravings of a signet, holiness to the Lord. Now shall put it on a blue lace, that it may be upon the mitre, upon the forefront of the mitre it shall be, and it shall be upon Aaron's forehead, that Aaron may bear the iniquity of the holy things, which the children of Israel shall hallow in their holy gifts. And it shall be always upon his forehead, that they may be accepted before the Lord. And the one thing that we see clearly out of that, it goes on to talk about the garments and and the garments that were specifically for the priest once he was consecrated. It talks about the consecration of that high priest. Jesus Christ had to fulfill all of these things. Now, in Haggai chapter 2, verses 11 to 13, we see that once something is consecrated and made holy, if something unclean touches it, it is no longer holy. Haggai 2, 11 to 13 says this, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, Ask now the priest concerning the law, saying, If one bear holy flesh in the skirt of his garment, and with his skirt do touch bread, or pottage, or wine, or oil, or any meat, shall it be holy? And the priest answered and said, No. Then Haggai, uh, then said Haggai, If one of them that is unclean by a dead body touch any of these, shall it be unclean? And the priest answered and said, It shall be unclean. So if something holy touches something unholy, it doesn't make that unholy thing holy. But if something unholy touches that one who is consecrated, it will make that one unholy. It will make them unclean. Now, we've got to jump back into Hebrews chapter 9 now. Uh, For the brevity of time, Hebrews chapter 9 goes into great detail. And we've read through that, and we've looked at all the, the, the details of this. But we're going to jump right into verse 24. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 24 says this. It says, For Christ is not entered into the holy places made with hands, which are the figures of the true, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. When did he do that? Is that recorded anywhere? Uh, Friends, I believe it is. Let's turn to Zechariah chapter 3. As I was reading one day, reading through the book of Zechariah, I was looking for Jesus Christ as and I was, as I stated before, there are so many things that allude to Jesus Christ that clearly speak of him. And as I was going through Zechariah chapter 3, I got reading down through this, and uh, it stood out to me, Joshua the high priest. Now, in Hebrews chapter 4, almost every commentary you read will say that where it speaks there of Jesus, if Jesus had given them rest, speaking of those ones that come into the promised land and all, and gone through the wilderness, and it, it, uh, it says that should have been Joshua. Uh, in the center reference, in the side margins, every commentary, every preacher I've ever heard has said that that should have been Joshua. Your King James Bible says it was Jesus Christ. And it was the Spirit of Jesus in Joshua. In Numbers 27, it speaks of that thing that was in him, Joshua the son of Nun, in him was the Spirit. Had the Spirit of Christ in him. So it was Jesus that led them. In Zechariah 3, this is not Joshua the son of Nun. This is Joshua the son of Josedek. He is the high priest. This is the time of of uh, the post-captivity. This is the time of Ezra. This is the time where they're coming back in the land. Chapter 3 says this. It starts out in Zechariah chapter 3, and he showed me Joshua the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord, and Satan standing at his right hand to resist him. The Lord said unto Satan, The Lord rebuke thee, O Satan. If the Lord that hath chosen Jerusalem rebuke thee, is this not is not this a brand plucked out of the fire? And the Lord arrested my attention at that point, and he showed me that is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is that brand plucked out of the fire. I had to understand that his soul was made an offering for sin before I could see that, precept upon precept. Jesus Christ is that brand plucked out of the fire, but I couldn't prove it. There was nothing in there that I could prove it. Continues on, it says, Now Joshua was clothed with filthy garments and stood before the angel. 
angels, uh, and answered and spake unto those that stood before him, saying, Take away the filthy garments from him. And unto him he said, Behold, I have caused thine iniquity to pass from thee, and I will clothe thee with the change of raiment. I said, Let them set a fair mitre upon his head. So they set a fair mitre upon his head, and clothed him with garments, and the angel of the Lord stood by. And then after this, Zechariah gets that charge to judge and to, to rule the people there and to, to guide them. In verse 7, And I knew that that was Jesus Christ. God had clearly shown that to me, but I could not prove it. Now I labored in that thing for about a month until the Lord showed me to just turn the page and look at Zechariah 6. Zechariah 6, verse 9 says this, The word of the Lord came to me, saying, Take of them of the captivity of Enheldai, of Tobiah, and Jediah, which are come from Babylon, and come now the same day. Go into the house of Josiah, the son of Zephaniah. And it says this, take, Then take silver and gold and make crowns set upon him, as we saw in Hebrews 2, 9 and 10. And set them upon the head of Joshua, the son of Josedek, the high priest. Now here's the picture. Zechariah is there, speaking to jo Joshua, the high priest. And he says this, addressing Joshua, the high priest. Verse 12 says, Speak unto him, saying, Thus speaketh the Lord of hosts, Behold the man whose name is the branch. And God sealed it in my heart right there. Joshua the high priest, we see this. Joshua the high priest is the picture of that branch. And so Jesus Christ is being pictured here in Zechariah chapter 3 as our high priest. And it says, going back into that, his Satan was standing at his right hand to resist him. I believe Satan was in the wilderness resisting him. I believe all through his earthly ministry, he would come and resist him. He was there resisting him in the, in the Garden of Gethsemane very well may have been there in the fires of hell resisting him. And now as he is that brand plucked from that fire, Satan is there standing at the right hand of Jesus Christ to resist him. The Lord said unto Satan, The Lord rebuke thee, O Satan. Even the Lord that had chosen Jerusalem rebuke thee. Is this not a brand plucked out of the fire? And you don't see Satan in the picture the rest of the time. The Lord rebuked him. And then he was clothed in, in filthy garments, my filthy garments, those iniquities that he came and wore and bore and went into the fires of hell for and is now standing before Almighty God to be consecrated as our high priest, as my high priest. And he was clothed in those filthy garments. And that Joshua was clothed in filthy garments, the angel of the Lord, and stood before the angel. And he answered and spake unto those that stood before him, saying, Take away from him the filthy garments. And unto him he said, Behold, I have caused thine iniquity to pass from thee. I will clothe thee with a change of raiment. And then they set that fair mitre upon him. So Jesus Christ is that one. Jesus Christ is here in Zechariah 3. Jesus Christ is that branch. And so what is this possibility? What, what, where do we fit this? How does this all fit? Well, I'm going to lay out briefly a brief two-minute possibility of what is going on here. Let the Lord settle this in your own heart. In John chapter 20, Jesus Christ is resurrected from the dead, and he appears before Mary. And he says, touch me not, I'm not yet ascended to my Father. Now, how is that possible? How is that, that he had not ascended yet? Well, if he came out of the fires of hell and was consecrated as our high priest, then his soul and spirit, now purged and consecrated, is given back to that body laying in the grave, Jesus Christ resurrects, comes before Mary, has yet to ascend to his Father to perform our high priestly duty. He then ascends into the heavenlies, enters once into the holy place, atones for our sin, and then comes back. And at that point, he is now able to be, to, able to be touched. Friends, study these things out for yourself. 
Examine the scriptures to see if they be so. God bless you, and I hope you have a great day. There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning, and he longs to return to the Lord. As he cries for forgiveness and mercy, God is waiting. You have been listening to the Daily Doctrine Podcast with Evangelist Tim McVeigh. For correspondence, please contact us through our website and someevangelist.com and use the contact form to connect with us. You may also subscribe to the podcast through our website or search for Daily Doctrine Evangelist Tim McVeigh on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or Amazon. To write to us, please use our church address, which is Manasseh Community Baptist Church. 70 Back Hollow Road, Blaine, Pennsylvania, 17006. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow. And remember to look up for your redemption all at night. Now the angels of God are rejoicing For the prodigal child has come home And the saints all with gladness are singing The glorious song of the redeemed